Happy Nurses Week to all the nurses and future nurses listening. To celebrate, I'm having a 20% off sale on Study Sesh. This is my private podcast that features over 140 episodes to help you study on the go. Formats include pod quizzes, power hour deep dives, drills, and case studies. If you're tired of sitting at your desk or staring at a screen, but still want to review for nursing school, it's time to check out Study Sesh. Go to straightanursingstudent.com and click on Courses in that top menu bar. That's straightanursingstudent.com and click on Courses in the menu bar. See you there. Hello there, I'm Nurse Mo, and this is the Straight A Nursing Podcast, where I teach nursing concepts and share tips on how to thrive in nursing school and beyond at the bedside. Today, we are diving into pharmacology, talking about a very, very popular medication. Before we do that, let's take a quick minute for a listener shout out. This one goes out to Linda, who is in my boot camp, and she says this, watching Crucial Concepts Boot Camp and my mind was blown. Nursing care plans used to take me forever to do, but Nurse Mo gave me some great, helpful advice. Now I'm concept mapping for tracking my medications, and it is so simple and so helpful. I'm so, so happy. Well, Linda, right back at you. I am so, so happy that you took time to share your experience about boot camp and that you're doing so well with your care plans. If you'd like to learn more about Crucial Concepts Boot Camp and rock your care plans just like Linda has, I'll put a link in the episode notes. Of course, you can always go to my website, straightanursingstudent.com, and just click on courses in that top menu bar. So today we're talking about a super popular medication, semaglutide. So semaglutide is sold under the brand names Ozempic, Wigovi, and Rebelsis, and it has become so, so popular and is a medication you're likely to encounter in clinical and when you're reviewing your patient's medical histories. So in this lesson, we're going to go through semaglutide using the straight nursing drugs framework. So are you ready? Let's get started. So in this framework, D stands for drug class. Semaglutide is in a pharmacologic class called glucagon-like peptide 1 receptor agonist, which I admit is a bit of a mouthful. It is commonly known as GLP-1 agonists. These medications work by increasing intracellular cyclic AMP, and this causes insulin to be released when blood glucose levels go up. The insulin release then slows down or ceases as the blood glucose level approaches a normal range, which reduces or even alleviates the risk of hypoglycemia. So that's a great benefit of these medications. Semaglutide also decreases the secretion of glucagon and delays gastric emptying, and this helps suppress appetite. This will come in very handy when we start talking about the uses of this medication. Next in the drugs framework is an R, and this stands for routes of administration. So semaglutide can be taken as a subcutaneous injection or by mouth. Note that the injected form has 89% absorption compared to only 0.4 to 1% absorption when taken orally. So what this means is that oral doses will have significantly higher milligrams 
than injectable doses. A key advantage of the oral formulation is that it makes this medication available to individuals who are either unwilling or unable to self-inject. For example, an individual with severe rheumatoid arthritis, low visual acuity, cognitive impairment, peripheral neuropathy, or hemipyresis may find injecting very, very challenging. It's also important to note that despite its lower absorption, the oral preparation is no less effective in lowering blood glucose levels or reducing the patient's weight. We'll talk about that in just a moment. The next letter in the drugs framework is another R, and this is for regular dose range. And yes, that means I'm spelling drugs, D-R-R-U-G-S. So the regular dose range when taken PO is going to be between 3 and 14 milligrams, with the dose starting out on the lower end and increasing slowly to achieve glycemic control. The PO formulation of semaglutide is taken daily, and that one is ribelsis. So I mentioned there were three, ozempic, wagovi, and ribelsis. Ribelsis is the PO version. And then subcutaneous doses are smaller, ranging from 0.25 milligrams to 2.4 milligrams and are injected weekly. And again, the subcutaneous formulations are Ozempic and Wigovi. Let's take a super quick break and then we'll come back and talk about the uses, the guidelines, and the side effects of this fascinating medication. So the next letter in the drugs framework is not another R, it's a U, and this stands for uses. So semaglutide has two main uses, as a treatment for type 2 diabetes and as a weight loss medication, which I alluded to earlier. Initially, the medication was approved to treat type 2 diabetes in December of 2017. However, during the drug's clinical trials, it was noted that in addition to reducing blood glucose levels, it also caused weight loss. So the medication was approved by the FDA as a treatment for obesity in adults in June of 2021. Subsequently, it was approved for the use in children 12 years of age and older in December of 2022. Another great benefit of semaglutide is that it has been shown to reduce inflammation and C-reactive protein in parallel with that weight loss. This is significant mainly because inflammation is associated with many pathological processes and CRP levels are specifically correlated with inflammation and cardiovascular risk. For this reason, semaglutide is used in patients with type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular disease to decrease their risk for cardiovascular complications. So the three formulations of semaglutide are Ozempic, Ribelsis, and Wigovi. So let's start by talking about Ozempic. Ozempic is available as a subcutaneous injection. It is approved for the treatment of type 2 diabetes in coordination with diet and exercise, and also, like I just mentioned, to lower cardiovascular risk in patients with type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular disease. However, you will see it used off-label for weight loss. Now, this has led to shortages of Ozempic. You may have seen that in the news, meaning those who rely on it to treat their diabetes or lower their risk for cardiovascular complications have difficulty filling their prescriptions. 
Next is ribelsis, which is the PO formulation of semaglutide. It's approved for the treatment of type 2 diabetes in coordination with diet and exercise. And then Wagovi is another injectable formulation. Now, Wagovi is specifically approved for use in weight loss, and that's for individuals with a BMI of 27 or greater and at least one weight-related condition, such as hyperlipidemia, hypertension, or type 2 diabetes. So let's do a quick recap of that. Ozempic is a subcutaneous injection, and it's used for type 2 diabetes and to lower cardiovascular risk for patients who have type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular disease. Ribelsis is a PO medication used for type 2 diabetes, and Wagovi is injectable, and it is used for weight loss. The next letter in the drugs framework is a G for guidelines. So we'll talk about administration guidelines, some safety considerations, assessment guidelines, and some drug-to-drug interactions to be aware of. So looking at administration, PO semaglutide, which again is ribelsis, is administered at least 30 minutes prior to taking any other medications or taking in any food at that first meal of the day. So before breakfast and before taking any AM meds, the individual is going to take their semaglutide at least 30 minutes prior and should be taken with water only. Subcutaneous formulations are stored in the refrigerator and administered once a week without regard to meals. You just want to make sure it's on the same day every week. Patients are instructed to inject in the upper arm, in the abdomen, or the thigh, and to rotate sites each week. Now, if your patient is taking both semaglutide and insulin, be sure they understand not to mix these two medications together into the same syringe. They have to inject each one separately, and they should not inject them too close to one another. Now, let's talk about some safety considerations. Unlike insulin and other medications used to treat hyperglycemia, semaglutide does not put the patient at risk for hypoglycemia on its own. However, hypoglycemia can occur when it is used in coordination with other anti-diabetic medications such as sulfonylureas like glipizide and, of course, if it's used with insulin. Semaglutide is contraindicated in type 1 diabetes, DKA, and in those with a history of medullary thyroid carcinoma or multiple endocrine neoplasia syndrome type 2. It is used with extreme caution or maybe even not at all in individuals with a history of diabetic retinopathy. This can cause increased complications, pancreatitis, or suicidal attempts or ideation. It's also used pretty cautiously in patients who have had a hypersensitivity reaction to other GLP-1 receptor agonists such as dulaglutide, which is trulicity, or exenatide, which is bieta. Semaglutide is generally avoided during pregnancy and lactation with insulin being that preferred method of blood glucose control during these time periods. So with pregnancy and lactation, much better if the individual is taking insulin versus semaglutide. Another key safety factor comes into play with anesthesia. Because semaglutide causes delayed gastric emptying, what do you think that means for anesthesia? It means that the studies are showing that food remains in the stomach pretty much a lot longer than standard 
fasting guidelines allow for. Patients should be advised to inform all healthcare providers, including surgeons and anesthesiologists, that they are taking semaglutide. A longer fasting period may be advised, and the patient will likely be instructed to stop taking their medication prior to the procedure. And this is because if there's food in the stomach and the patient undergoes anesthesia or sedation of some kind, high, high risk for aspiration. And now let's talk a bit about assessment. Basically, with semaglutide, key assessments for your patient are going to be checking their blood glucose levels if they're taking it for type 2 diabetes and monitoring their weight if they're taking it for weight loss. It's also important to monitor for signs of hypoglycemia when other anti-diabetic medications are being utilized, such as insulin. And then there are some drug-to-drug interactions. Again, that main drug-to-drug interaction involves concurrent use with insulin and or medications that increase insulin secretion, such as sulfonylureas. When used together, the risk for hypoglycemia can be significant. It's also important to note that the delayed gastric emptying that occurs with semaglutide can lead to altered absorption of other medications taken by mouth. Now let's move on to the final letter in the drugs framework, which is an S, and that stands for side effects. So serious side effects are rare with semaglutide, but they're significant enough that they are worth mentioning. These include pancreatitis, gastric paralysis, bowel obstruction, gallbladder complications, hypersensitivity reactions, thyroid cancer, and suicidal attempts or ideation. More common adverse effects include abdominal pain, nausea and vomiting, diarrhea, constipation, headache, and fatigue. The medication can also cause tachycardia, so be sure to monitor the patient's heart rate, and it can also cause acute kidney injury, so the patient should report any concerning signs and symptoms such as flank pain, decreased urine output, or hematuria. In addition, patients taking these medications may be at higher risk for aspiration, as I mentioned a moment ago, while under anesthesia due to that delayed gastric emptying. The American Society of Anesthesiologists advises patients to stop the injected medication for at least a week prior to any sedating procedures. Ongoing research in this area may provide standardized guidelines in the future, so something to keep an eye on there. Another effect of using semaglutide you may have seen in the news and on social media is something called ozempic face, which was first described by dermatologist Dr. Frank after treating many patients with this symptom. It is thought to be due to that rapid, rapid weight loss that occurs with the medication, and this leads to a quick reduction in facial fat. With this loss of fat, the individual's skin loses elasticity and the appearance changes. Common signs of semaglutide's effect on the face include more lines and wrinkles, saggy or loose skin, and a hollowed out appearance. Individuals concerned about these effects may choose to lower their dose in efforts to lose weight more slowly, increase fluid and protein intake, or switch to another medication or weight loss method altogether. So there you have it, your brief overview of semaglutide, which again is Ozempic, Ribelsis, and Wagovi. If you love learning about pharmacology, you're in luck. I've got a whole entire audio-based program called Fast Pharmacology, where I teach farm concepts in five minutes 
or less. So I will put a link to that in the episode notes. And of course, you can go to my website, straightanursingstudent.com, click on courses in the menu bar. It'll take you right there. And this isn't just for students. If you're a nurse and you're just wanting a better understanding of pharmacology, this program was created with you in mind as well. Again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. I would love it if you would subscribe to the show if you haven't already and share with your nurse bestie, your cohort, if you're a student and anyone you think who might find this interesting. I will see you back here next week. Bye for now. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing. Nursing. 